pirate. Look at us recording. Look at the good we do. I'm a pirate. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's Two Jerks, One Vote with Jerkatorium reviewing the Poetry in the Streets song fight with our special guest, the creator of the song fight cover bot, Brian Raider. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair, but you're not obliged to care. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. And yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose when this song All right, we're back for the Poetry in the Streets song fight. This time around, we've got Brian Raider back with us. He's fresh off his ovation-earning standing room-only Seagull presentation. And Thank you, Ryan. All that is technically true. Technically true, yes, yes. Also, uh, some trivia about Brian. Uh, he's the world's greatest intercal programmer. He trains SEALs. He SEALs trains. His uh, etchings are the toast of Paris. And uh, that's... No comment. <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, let's get into the reviews for the Poetry in the Street song fight. Uh, or do we have any comments about last week we want to discuss? Yeah. People seem to like bitchy Ryan. Oh, people have bad judgment. <laughs> yes, they do. They're not as used to bitchy Ryan as we are. <laughs> yeah. You don't know none <laughs> Yeah, you don't know non-Bitchy Ryan. <laughs> Non-Bitchy Ryan is an act. Anyhow, you almost got Bitchy Ryan again this week. I was traveling this week, and I must have been in a bad mood when I heard the, the songs through the first time. The first listen through, I, I didn't really like any of these songs. And I could tell the Paco del Stinko song was okay, but everything else just annoyed me for some reason. But um, listening again yesterday, I felt a lot better. And so, yeah, I'm going to be voting for more than half of these. And you're, you're not getting Bitchy Ryan this week, so... Awesome. All right. Let's... Um, I would actually like to, uh, if I could, just interject a briefing about uh, Blue Woman. Yes, since I haven't been on since then, if you don't mind. One of the things I said when we were talking about a couple of them is that I couldn't tell what the lyrics were about, and I found that distracting and irritating. You folks pointed me to uh, where Paco Del Stinko explained what his song was about, that it was about Violet Beauregard from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. And after I heard that, I went back and reread the lyrics and noticed that the name Beauregard was actually in the lyrics. So I do feel like that's hard for the average person to get, but I do think that I should have gotten it. And so for that, I apologize. Yeah. We all think you should have gotten it, Brian. And we're all a little disappointed. Just a little disappointed. Yeah. Fair. But we're over it. Good. All right. So first up, we have Berkeley Social Scene. Where do you find what's on the city's mind? Where the people meet Out in the street There's comfort in a winding road There's music in every zip code On the lips of passers-by Poetry in the street 
It's Ken this time. I guess Lunkhead is not going to sing every song, thankfully. Otherwise, they might not ever lose again. Hmm. Um, huh. The vocals are incredibly harmonized in this song. Remember how we were talking about in spin tunes, there's a challenge, use harmony vocals? I don't know if this qualifies, because I feel like this is a pedal or some kind of device, because these harmonies are right smashed on top of each other. And it sounds pretty good or good-ish, but there are times when it sounds kind of harsh. And I noticed that, and I thought it would have been better to have them done naturally. But, you know, you don't always have a ton of time to do that. I thought they sounded all right, but harsh in places. Uh, I liked the riffage. I thought the guitar riffs were cool as usual. I liked Glennie's um, second guitar solo. The first one I thought was a little bit of a downer. Overall, I thought this was okay. I didn't really have a lot to say about it. It was just generally okay. I don't think I'm going to vote for it just because they've had a lot better songs recently, and I feel like this song just doesn't reach their previous heights. So I know that's kind of a dick move to not vote for them because of that, but <laughs> they've just been a lot higher a lot more recently. Well, I, I guess that's as valid as anything. Yeah, sure. The main thing that initially bugged me about this song still bugs me after these re-listens, and it's all those long E syllables. I was thinking, like, like if you isolated the chorus vocals, I, I can't help but think that maybe it would, would sound like a caricature. I mean, there's this poetry in the streets. It's so, so E and so nasal. And so uh, it sounds like he's either affecting it or maybe it's just a really bad choice of intonation for me. And, um, you know, I know they were stuck with that title, but the delivery sounds comical to me. And otherwise, the song sounds fine. It's just the main primary repeating essential theme that, that uh, I think sounds bad. And that's just to my ears anyway. You know, I skimmed the boards, and I think it's important for me to acknowledge that nobody else felt that way. So it must just be me. You know, I'm the asshole here. Uh, oh, yeah, but it's not necessarily the issue to play here. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's, it's what I hear. And I um, like, like, remember when I emailed you, Brian's, mm -hmm. uh, like my evaluations of different vowel sounds? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This, this is exactly that. And it's for that reason that it just sounds so off to me. Yeah. And when you're not wrong. The e vowel sound is not your favorite. It's not just that, but it's also the way that he intones it. It's it's really reedy, uh, reedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really reedy, you know, and it sounds, it sounds caricaturized to me and yeah, the I, harmonizer I hope, may have may have added to that uh, uh, hmm. i just couldn't stand it yeah i think i've got a little bit of genre bias against berkeley social scene just for the songs i've heard they they haven't really grabbed me as far as the music goes and so i just kind of had sort of a an uncommittal reaction to this i do think that like some of the 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 more decorative uh touches to the guitar were nice but other than that yeah, the music was just Meh. Uh, I thought the lyrics were good. I didn't have, a, you know, I enjoyed them. You know, it's nice. It's a nice idea and it's well expressed. Um, but as far as music goes, I can take it or leave it. Did you notice that they were gang vocals? I always like gang vocals when they're there. Yeah, I heard those. And yeah, again, the, the only thing that bugged me about this song was the repeating <laughs> chorus main theme. So like everything else was fine. I thought the, you know, the the backing music was great. The verse vocals and the backing vocals were, were great it's just the you know the main drive of the song was uh, was off to me 
All right, want to move on to uh, Far North Daylight? Like flowers Growing strong Out of sidewalks It's hard to see That the odds are Of your eye, the groundswell is everything. Memory is not emotion, but it conspires to raise the rent. Yeah, so we get some indie rock. Did it sound like indie rock to you? For me, it yeah. sounded like Sonic Youth. Somebody on the board said it sounded sort of Sonic Youthy. And I was like, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, I think that that might be a bit of a theme here because Paco, I mean, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Paco sounded a little indie too. There's this weird instrument. I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it might have been like a thumb piano that had been distorted with some heavy reverb on it. Where is that? It comes in sort of halfway through and then it yeah. goes the rest of the song. You can definitely hear it at the end. It's oh, the at, solo, you mean? Yeah, it's the, at the very end, it's the only thing you hear. Yeah, it sounds kind of like they made an electric guitar sound like a steel drum. Yeah, yeah. I assumed it was just an electric guitar with some effects on it. Yeah, I figured that's probably it. It's a, it's a weird sort of a thing that they did. I liked it, though. Yeah, it was some weird tuning on it, and I think that's what mm. reminded me of Sonic Youth. Is that mm. it, it did you know it didn't seem like it was diatonic. Mm, yeah, yeah. Were there bent notes in that instrument? They might have used a slide or, or the whammy bar. Or the whammy bar. They might have prepared it. That would have made you happy, right? Oh yeah. Um I just asked because I thought the thing was bent all the way through, but the fact that it, I think I may have just been reacting to the fact that it's not diatonic as Mike said, which just goes to show how terrible I am at this stuff. <laughs> I thought the no. vocals were really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say this is the spoiler alert. This is the only song that I really just completely flat out liked uh, in this fight. Um, I love the music. Uh, I thought the the music guitar had this nice gentle sound, which really fit with the uh, with the vocals and also with the uh, temperament of the of what the song was about. Uh, although. I'm not entirely sure what the song was about, but it didn't seem to be that much of a problem. And I love the the, the solo and the, the music in that. That was just perfect. The lyrics had some cool parts to them as well. There's that line, memory is not emotion, but it conspires to raise the rent. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, he, they didn't post their lyrics, though, did they? They did not. Yeah, that's uh, they they sounded fine as far as I can tell, but uh, but since they didn't post them, I'm always a little I'm always a little worried or suspicious that I'm going to be voting for a song that uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's terrible in some way or another. <laughs> I just don't realize it until they say, "Oh, yeah, this is." Uh, um, <laughs> I'm not going to bring up any bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a hymn to Mussolini. You didn't hear that part? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But yeah, no, everything about the song is really kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say fragile, but gentle. And the entire thing just kind of supports um, each other, the music and the lyrics and the, the vocal tone. So yeah, it really worked for me. I, th- I, I thought the outro should have been cut off. That part just like felt uh, completely out of place with the rest of it. It but went I, on for a while where it was just that distorted sort of instrument. Yeah, it was such a contrast with the rest of the song. I feel like they obviously did it on on purpose, but I, I didn't find it 
served a purpose for me anyway. Yeah, instead of that, they should have just done an acapella outro, just like Trigatorium does. <laughs> we can't think of a way to end a song. Yeah. So, no, but this, I, I thought this song was charming. I mean, the melody mm -hmm. and the cadence of the vocals is really nice. The The yes. lyrics were fine, as far as I could tell. Mm -hmm. uh, the the steel drum guitar sounded neat and very interesting. But, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely voting for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Nice. Let's talk about Hoblet. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw beasts rise up out of the sea. Seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of black snake. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his and I saw one of his heads as it were okay. <laughs> Did you say nope? I just said nope. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Hoblet. Uh, I made it all the way through. That's uh, you're a better man than I. What yeah. seriously? Yeah. You guys no, I. Didn't I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I listened to it all the way through. You know, more than once to. Actually, maybe not more than once. Come to think of it, because I knew what I was getting into the second time around, and I'm like, just, just, just no, just nope. That's it. <laughs> I just can't listen to somebody read from the Bible, dude. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, it's Revelations, which is admittedly the coolest part of the Bible. No, no, Ecclesiastes, man. <laughs> I just can't. And I have to admit that Hoblet, his dramatic reading skills are pretty on point. And he did a good job, and it sounded good. And the backing music was okay, but it's the Bible. Mm -hmm. I would yeah. rather listen to someone with schizophrenia ramble on and on, like <laughs> that MC 900-foot Jesus song, Born with Monkey Asses. I would rather mm -hmm. listen to that than somebody read from the Bible. Yeah, I, I more or less agree with you. I mean, I do feel, yeah, it was decently executed, but it was just too long for what it was. We all heard Revelations 13 before, you know, he didn't really add anything to it. The music didn't really react or comment on the text. And so the only thing that I could point out is just like, you know, there was nice use of car horns. Yeah, I noticed you that. Know, that was good. And I don't know. That um, didn't come till the end, though. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely too long for what it was. Um, but the, the car horns really reminded me of this one bit from Heiner Goebbels. He has a piece called Landscape with Argonauts, where they're just stopping people on the street and having them read a bit of poetry, which they like work, you know, and sample into music. And there's uh, a couple of times where uh, car horns in the distance just happen to perfectly mesh with what the people are doing. And they, they use that to great effect. Cool. That song would have been good for this fight. Yes. Except poetry that, it, uh, oh yeah, you're right. Oh my God. That would have been great. <laughs> I do think it took him more than a week, though. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the the one other thing that I want to say about this song, though, is that I I did read what uh, Hoblet wrote about his song on the boards, and uh, uh, still no. Oh, what did he say? Let's see. Among other things, he was talking about like how he put it together, where mm -hmm. he performed the vocals, and then after that, he put the music to his performance of the vocals. So it's not anything where he was you know trying to fit the vocal pattern to the beat or anything like that but he was using the vocals to uh to guide the the musical aspect of it and still no mm -hmm. no that's no. great i love that i just you think it just needs more than that 
All right, you guys ready to talk about Lycanthrope? There goes Wordsworth walking with John Dunn Heading south on Highway 61 At the corner of St. Clair and Jane Byron talked about Abel and Cain There's poetry in the streets Beside the words of Shelley Real guitar. Good job, Lycanthrope. Wait, you're kidding. No, that was real guitar at the beginning. I I think it's cool that he's playing guitar, but I think he's using loops. I mean, oh, I yeah. think he might be make he might be making his own loops, but I think, you know, first off, there's the lick looping or whatever you want to call it. But then I think he's looping individual strums too. So, like, instead of strumming a guitar and playing it along a line, he'll strum the guitar once and then loop that single strum because it still sounds a little artificial. And not only that, you can hear where the sample. Yeah, there's or the like a zero line crossing pop. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, the oh, second guitar phrase, I think he didn't quite get right, and he had to paste it in in, in mm-hmm. the very beginning. But yeah, I heard that too. But it, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a minor thing. You got to give him props for at least playing a little real guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I've, I've gotten a little sick of the synthesized guitar sound that he's fond of. It's just it's got such a percussive nature, and it just it doesn't fit well with you know, the rest of his style. But uh, I also wish that he had included uh, just a little more music. I mean, uh, you know, thank, you know, props for like getting a better guitar sound, but I find that I like his stuff a lot more when he brings in more instruments, you know, and just there's a little more contrast going on. Otherwise, it's kind of like getting back to the guy in guitar thing. Like, you know, like, like, the, like he did for Do You Have a Plan, for example, that had a good use of mixture of instruments. Do you have, do you have a plan? I don't remember that one. Yeah, no, you guys, you guys, um, you guys. I remember our for song. That. I always remember our yeah. song. Yeah. 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 Um, you don't remember the uh, Lycanthropes? No. No. Oh, well, well, you know, I, uh, I ha- we have a clip of that available. We have a clip? a clip. Yeah, we could just play that. All right, let's roll the clip. You to join your old friends, Tim and Jake. Did anybody say you were making a mistake? Comic strip debuted in issue number nine. The pool shark dragon with the light green. Wait, that, that's an actual clip, Brian. Do you not it's, know yeah, how this game is played? Wait, wait, no, that's a clip of Flag and Throat saying, Do you have a plan? That's what I said it was. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, you, uh, okay, point made. <laughs> Thank you. To great comedic effect, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great, All right. great job. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> with uh, with however he played the guitar, or however he did, you know, created loops and then copied and pasted them where he wanted them to be, whatever that is. Uh, in in principle, I don't mind that. Uh, but the fact that I can tell that he did something like that means that it's a little sloppy, maybe a little kind of low quality sound. But it, it, in general, it, it I don't think that matters all that much. I th- I thought the lyrics are cool. You know, there's some nice sly references, you know, like the um, oh, the the, listen- the beats were howling. Yeah, listen to the howl of the beats. Yeah, mm-hmm. the howl of the beats, and I'm like, okay, that's 
yeah nice just the nice greatest work. beat poem ever written <laughs> yeah I, and i also like the image of just like all these poets that live within walking distance of each other yeah, that was cute but unfortunately that was the, the entirety of the song after the first verse i got the idea and then the second and third verse just continued yeah and it was kind of a list yeah you know, exactly like had a, he had a list of stuff that that uh that he could rhyme together or something like that and a list of poets and and some of their stuff and and but it was still done fine it was still done great you know it's just uh neat lyrics i liked them. did you notice his vocal timing was just vastly improved yeah no. for most of it uh in the beginning he was having a little trouble in the beginning and then but he pulled it all together really well I thought. Mm. yeah I, I just noticed at the beginning and i guess i didn't notice that it improved after that yeah and nobody notices when you're doing it right they only notice when you do it wrong <laughs> But vastly improved, which I think really adds to listenability. So this is one of his better songs. And I think yeah. that even some of his pitches were pretty consistent in places. So there's definitely hope for Lycanthrope really improving and making really listenable songs that people will like. I, I'm voting for this because uh, it's half an encouragement vote and half a congratulations sort of a vote. You know, this is really, he's really improving a lot, I think. Yeah. I enjoyed listening to it. There you go. Yeah, I don't want that to sound patronizing either, but we're judging. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we're, we're, <laughs> Not to sound judgy, but I'm judgy. We are judges. Yeah. <laughs> I am sitting in judgment in my dick chair. <laughs> Okay, I did not need that imagery. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones, right? It's like the the throne. It's only, only it's uh, it's not swords. It's, uh... Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what it is, Brian. <laughs> uh, a guitar next, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <thank you. laughs> Let's talk about Paco before this goes any further. Paco del Stinko. Was he referencing um, Huffing Scotchgard? Or was that just in a fever dream that I had while I was reviewing the song? Something about Huffing wow. Scotchgard and eating jelly beans? Good, wholesome uh, kid no. fun. Wolfen Scotch is what you're talking about. I, I mean, maybe that's Scotchgard. I assume that Wolfen was just slang for, like, drinking rapidly. And he was talking about Scotch, the alcohol. That's what I thought, too. But I guess I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's Huffing Scotchgard. I'm going to go with that. Wow. But anyway, this has got a lot of Paco's great stuff. So every uh -huh. every podcast, I have to point out how Paco cleverly uses dynamics, and this will be no exception. Indeed. So there's this section right before the solo where everything drops out, and it's just a guitar and Paco, and then the drums come in, and the drums are quiet at first, and then the drums get louder, 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 and then the solo bursts in. And it's awesome. And I thought, God, we got to get Kyle to do that somehow. <laughs> you know, we got to get Kyle to like play quietly and then louder and then louder and then louder and crescendo because that would be really cool. 
Uh, but I, Paco I, plays the drums himself, and that's one of the amazing things about this guy is he plays all of his own instruments, and he puts care and love into his drum parts. And if he wants them to get go quiet and then get louder and then louder, he can. It's really cool. It's a cool effect. Mm-hmm. The first thing I noticed was the heavy intro panning, and uh, which is which is fine. It was just really you know kind of glaring when you listen to it in the headphones. Um, the song sounds like it's emulating indie rock, like maybe the Olympia Portland sound circa 1998, which I like. Uh, so I hope that's not taken as any kind of an insult or a backhanded compliment. I just think it's really really good. And this song is is worth multiple listens. You know, it stands up really well after hearing it. You know, the eighth time. There's a lot there. Well the yeah, Ooh. yeah. A little sloppier yeah. guitar work than I'm accustomed to from Paco, but I think that's on purpose, and I like it. Mm. And I, I don't don't understand the lyrics, but I like those too. So, you know, that, I don't. That's not I think they're Paco. silly, and they don't. I think he just wanted to have stuff that rhymed, and made it kind of silly, and you know. I think we've thought that about previous Paco songs, and we've been wrong. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I will Paco say song. though that 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 you know again, I didn't have a clear idea what the lyrics were about, but it didn't bother me this time because I didn't feel like I was supposed to be following them, which is the problem I had with Blue Woman. Yes, where it felt like there was he was definitely trying to get information to me, and I was completely failing. This mm-hmm. one, yeah, I felt like you could just enjoy the lyrics, and that was fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved his dynamics as usual. You know, the guitar solo, again, John advice, I'm just going to say that I just, I don't, I'm not really a fan of those kinds of guitar solos. That's the only negative I really have. For this. Yeah, he was back to doing great harmonized backing vocals again, which I, I like when he puts in the effort to do that. Mm-hmm. Awesome, really strong effort from Paco. Definitely. Yeah, cool. All right, let's move on to Pig Farmer Jr. So woman give a homeless man Actually, I have to admit, I kind of like this song. I mean, the lyrics are very simple and they're very earnest. And very that earnest. is very easy to come off awful. And it didn't. It, he did He did it right. Uh, you know, the music, the vocalizations all support that. And it's a fine song. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I, I disagree slightly. I felt it came off a little bit preachy. I felt like Pig Farmer was telling me to eat my vegetables. <laughs> um so i don't know i i don't know i know it wasn't aimed at me or anything like i am not a good person i will not help someone on the side of the road and you know pig farmers telling me that i should i just i uh, just thought it was a little bit preachy i was happy not to notice any obvious phrasing problems yeah so that's an improvement yeah. And the song itself, I mean, the, the basic song, the instrumentation and, and the performance and everything, it's it's a good sound and it's a good tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also thought it was a bit over the top in the terms of sappiness and melodrama. You know? Really? Well, in terms of content, it's what I think the kids these days call basic. Yeah. If yeah. you know what that is. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't have a problem with that. I felt like that's what he was going for. Yeah, sometimes the earnestness can work on different people. And I'm glad it worked on you, Brian. I, I know that you're a yeah. bit of an optimist, so... But also, I mean, to me, I guess it didn't seem preachy because the examples 
were all about what other people were doing and how that affected him as the viewer. And it was only in the a couple of spots where he actually, you know, starts talking to you, the listener. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't use the word preachy because mm -hmm. I didn't think the song was about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't think the song was was I guess about you anybody think in particular. The song is about you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think I thought he wasn't making it about the listener. I think that he was just trying to to bring up these kind of inspiring stories and these little inspiring anecdotes. Yeah. And that were also, again, what I think the kids these days call basic, you know. But I mean, I think that's I don't know. I felt that's that's great imagery for the title Poetry in the Streets. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good take on it. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to vote for it, too. I, I haven't totally set out which ones I'm voting for, but. But this was good. I liked his mm -hmm. second song better, though, even though it hmm. was G and G and stripped down. Mm -hmm. yeah. As, are we gonna move into the second song now? Yeah, might as well. Sitting underneath a tree, it's only thirty degrees, but the wind is blowing hard. It's a downright cold, cold breeze. Even though it's not your fault, I still. He's a good guitar player. He can, you know, he can play some somewhat intricate guitar picking stuff and sing at the same time, which is pretty impressive. And he sings really well on this. There's that line, Elizabeth, why don't you call? And he sings it earnestly and it sounds really good to me. I, I joked he's like pig farmer melon camp here. And <laughs> uh, I liked it. Solid singing, solid playing. Pretty good song. Yeah, the guitar intro and actually all the guitar work all through it I like. There's, there's these weird little timing issues here and there, like when the whole line slows down a little bit to so that he can play this uh, this one lick on the guitar. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually like that. I mean, I think they give the song a more kind of genuine organic feel when mm -hmm. kind of, you know, going out of time a little bit to hit all of those notes. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, Speaking of G and G, I kind of wish he had swapped the the musical styles around between his two songs. Cause like the first song, Big Farmer Junior's song, I mean, it sounds like a folk song. It sounds like it was meant to be sung uh, and played by a single person, you know, while a bunch of hippies sing along. Whereas I'm having I'm having a little trouble imagining that. Do you have a clip, Brian? <laughs> I don't have one on me. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe one. Mike, do you have it? I do not have a clip. Oh, okay. All right, all right, well. It's probably for the um, best. Just use your imagination. Whereas, you know, anyway, the one, the second one, the one by Pork Producer 2, I guess is how he put it, that feels more like a, a regular song. And that one, I felt it would have been more appropriate to have just a little bit of, you know, guitar or bass and, and drums added into it. Yeah, all the phrasing was totally natural, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought uh, I, I thought backing vocals would have improved the song. I, 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 like I thought it was kind of screaming for them, and mm -hmm. it would have been a little better if he'd put uh, another track of of uh, harmony on there. But yeah, I thought I thought the song is fine. It it does sound a little open micy, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I you know I guess I'm that means I'm insulting open mics. <laughs> uh, 
maybe i mean i I hope my intent with that translates it's like it's a good song and it sounds a little open micy which is fine and good but it's kind of like one of those things where if you show up somewhere and you realize it's open mic night and you're going to hear 12 of these things in a row then you're not going to want to stay you know what i mean well you know it could be an open mic night where elliot smith just happens to drop in or towns van sant happens to drop in (laughs) <laughs> Elliot Smith's zombie comes in with the, <laughs> sorry. That's sings funny. a beautiful song and then starts eating everyone's brains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. I that. Man, I wish I'd been there for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, can I just ask you guys, just uh, out of curiosity, how do people feel about the lyrics? Just barely mentioned poetry in the streets. I actually kind of liked that. I liked the way that it was just sort of sideways, but I was on the impression that sometimes people felt that was cheating if the song felt too tangential to the title. I hadn't really been thinking about that when I listened to yeah, the song. Yeah, it totally so. didn't occur to me to think about that either. That's usually mm. something I'll complain about. Yeah, I actually kind of prefer it when people don't try to, to work too hard to center their, their song on the title because when I listen to regular music, often titles have only a marginal connection to the song well i don't know i mean for spin tunes round one pig farmer jr submitted a song called alien barbecue which is about texas barbecue and only the very first two lines make any reference whatsoever to an alien visitor which is what the challenge was what the the topic was for Mm -hmm. that so it's like the the song was supposed to be about you know you're an alien coming to visit earth and describe what you see and or you know describe what you encounter and so this could have been a song about anything or about anybody enjoying texas barbecue it's just that the first two lines were yeah i'm a real live alien i come from outer space Mm -hmm. yeah that's entire song is about just anybody you know who could be enjoying barbecue i hadn't uh thought about it for the lyrics to this song but is there any chance he's doing the same thing with that maybe i mean that's i guess that's why i asked i mean of course spin tunes is a little bit different because they're they're explicitly giving you the subject of the song here we're just throwing out a title and people are just supposed to run with it that's true that's a good point but yeah i i like it when people like do something like that and don't try to like warp the title and still make it the central focus so I felt like this one, this worked for me, but I could see where people would feel like you were kind of uh, cheating or, or like, you know, cutting corners. Yeah. I mean, if the title is Ghostbusters, I want to hear Ghostbusters in the chorus. <laughs> so this one, it wasn't in the chorus. It was in the second verse. Yeah. he's No vote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wandering through empty streets. I can feel the poetry. In the movement of my feet. But I like that. I like that too. That's, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's perfectly fine. What a waste of time this whole aspect of the conversation has been. <laughs> I'm so glad that I introduced it. <laughs> I'll never get those minutes back, Ryan. <laughs> oh, you will. If you pay me $5,000 in Bitcoin, I will send you the, uh, the, the wallet in just a moment. Third cat. Third cat. Third cat. What can I say about the song that hasn't already been said? Uh, that's your job. Oh, right. Fascist meat hogs sing la 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 la. 
They say you've been a bad consumer. I love that line. <laughs> it's good. It's so it's good. pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some cool vocal effects in the bridge. I think what he did is he put a long reverb tail on the last line of the bridge, and then he put a bandpass EQ filter on it. I think that's what I was hearing. Could be. I mean, the the song, as with a lot of Third Cat songs, there's, it's drenched in reverb anyway. But then he does put that extra little that extra little tick. Yeah, there's on some that fucked up note. stuff in this song. Like, you remember his vocoder experiments that he did on Burnt Orge Offering that we were so up in arms about? We, we meaning you. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some, some vocoding stuff here. There's definitely some weird stuff happening with the vocals, but in this case, it sounds great. I really like the backing vocals of the ending chorus, or the chorus in general. It really reads to me like a sort of 60s hippie psychedelic song, which I, I really like. Like some kumbaya stuff going on there. Sounds really good to me. And uh, it fits well with this sort of tremolo volume modulation that's happening at the end. It's a cool effect. I like it. Yeah, I thought it sounds a little more playful than typical for a third cat. And uh, and I like that. Um, let's see, the, the harmonies, I, I agree, they sound synthesized. And I also don't mind that. Uh, it's uh, th This song sounds a little like, you know, their hit single among their recent compositions that we've heard, I think. Mm. It uh, mm -hmm. might not be blowing my mind with inventiveness like they've done in the past, but uh, it has me tapping my toes and humming along. And there's a lot of interesting variation in the song, and I'm, I'm happy to vote for it. So I'm, I'm good with it. That's an interesting comparison, yeah, because I don't know. To me, it just kind of left me feeling vague, you know, mad. I didn't, there was nothing that really reached out and grabbed me. It was, it was tame, I guess, is really all I can say about it. I just, I feel like I don't have any strong reaction to it. You're a fascist meat hog. Well, I, yeah, I guess if the lyrics had been something that like really caught my fancy, just, I feel like this may have been a, a sort of thing where I might have enjoyed it if I had been in a different mood today. It's just one of those things like you either have to, you have to just like enjoy fascist meat hog singing <laughs> la 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 or not, you know, <laughs> you can't like drum it out of yourself but on purpose. <laughs> so uh, you probably really like the Von Borton lyrics, right? When I see a blue car parked next to a new bar When I'm stopped at a stoplight, see a poster for a pop night When two yellow lights mean a parking fine To a traffic warden's very visible boredom The rhymes hit my brain and I'm smiling again There's an accidental magic I can barely explain It's a gift it's a joy, it's a treat, it's poetry, poetry in the streets. Because those were cute, clever, and fun. No, are you, are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I mean, they were simple, too. I mean, pretty straightforward. But yeah, I, I agree. I did, I did appreciate them. I like the subject matter. I like the fact that he's talking about a very simple, everyday experience that's vaguely transcendental and it's not about a romantic relationship <laughs> you know there's there's so many little bits of transcendence in life but nobody ever wants to sing it about anything but love so i really appreciated that yeah did you count the syllables or did you just know that the i'm far too lazy to start counting syllables this late in the day was five seven five I'm ashamed to admit that i completely failed to catch on to that i am so embarrassed 
Oh man. Oh god. Now I have to go hide myself. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe after Ryan gives his two cents on the song, you can explain why haiku is as not just about five seven five. Wait, me? I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, y'all gotta read the ode less traveled, man. Any of you educated fuckers. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Stephen Fry's the ode less traveled. If you want to know anything and everything about poetry, you gotta you gotta read that. But yeah, five uh, the five seven five is a is a is a joke. So blah blah blah. Anyhow, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought uh, I, I like this Von Borten uh, song. I like all Von Borten songs. This sounds a little Sesame Street ish, and that is not a bad thing. Uh, that's kind of like mostly these these kind of cute rhymes that I was trying to figure out who to compare it to, you know, when I was writing my notes and I was thinking like, well, it's not really Shel Silverstein and it's not Dr. Seuss, but it is, I think, kind of a little Sesame Street-ish. And again, yeah, not, although not maybe Sesame Street for slightly older people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, uh -huh. slightly older British people. <laughs> <laughs> it was super cute though. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see what else. Uh, the end of the choruses could have been done a little better that uh it's poetry uh poetry in the streets thing it, it's it seems like everything really fit together and then it looks like he had the end of a couple of measures and he was trying to fill them in with words so he just came up with something you know it, it didn't seem as well balanced as a lot of the rest of his stuff but but i still liked it you know this is just a, a one little petty kind of a thing so yeah it's fine it's good i like it it's a fun song i had, I had a couple petty things or at least one petty thing is that there were some elements of the percussion that really like popped out of the mix like there's something that sounds like a woodblock or something that was just like in my ear like at weird times and it made me think it was part of a click track or something but it i don't think it was just there was some some wonky percussive bits in there that kind of bugged me a little bit well after one of our podcasts he kind of responded that uh that he does have like this little kitty kit or something that he he plays and uh and or samples and it might have been something from that yeah that uh, yeah some relatively low quality kind of a, a drum sound that that uh i you know i didn't mind i don't i don't mind when he does that again it reminds me of uh of we should which is one of my favorite matchy matchy songs so no kidding <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm kind of bummed if that's true because normally i like that kind of thing i didn't pick up on it i was actually really ambivalent about the the music on this one it just didn't really seem to grab me one way or the other I love the the way people can use toy instruments sometimes to just get this sound that you just can't get out of a regular percussion and such. Yeah, pie tin makes a great snare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use two pie tins together with rice in between them. Oh, nice. And uh, the rice flew out after a couple of things, so we had to tape the sides of it together too. But yeah, we used a, a lot of other household stuff. And then, of course, we used uh, samples from Brian, whatever he was using. That's like all of the intro. The dunk ding, dunk ding, dunk ding, dunk ding. That's, yeah. uh, that's all yours. Various stuff. coffee cups, mainly. Ah, okay. Yeah. So what are your favorite songs of the fight? Uh, Far North Daylight. Far North uh, Daylight you know, is on my head, list. Head and shoulders above everyone else. Wouldn't go that far, but it's it's up there for me. Yeah, for me it is. I, I really had a very ambivalent reaction to almost everything in this uh, song fight. I have to confess. I liked Far North Daylight. I like Paco. Yeah, I, I I'm voting for a lot this time around. Uh, again, this is one of those times where you know, like I've like I've discussed in a different podcast. Since there's there's sort of this relief to not having to rank. 
you know, like we have to do in spin tunes. So mm. now I can go back to song fight. And when I'm not feeling particularly bitchy, I can do what I feel like I should do, which is just expend votes like they're, you know, endless free Kleenex or something like that. You know, just just internet points. Anybody, yeah, anybody who doesn't piss me off can get a can get a vote. Anybody who doesn't annoy me with uh, something about their song that I don't loathe having to listen to again, I'll vote for. So for me, I think I'm going with Far North Daylight, Lichen Throat, Paco Del Stinko, Pork Producer Junior, and Third Cat and Vom. Wow, I guess I'm voting for a lot of people too. Are you voting, Brian? Yeah. Okay. In addition to uh, Far North, uh, is there? Yeah, you got to pick one any- more. Yeah, um, I'm kind of, yeah, it's good. I don't know. I don't have a single one that stands out besides Far North Daylight. So I might end up voting for two or three just because they're all equally second place for me. Uh, it's probably going to end up being a toss up with Paco Del Cinco. I got to say, I mean, I like the guy's use of dynamics and everything else. I hate his name. <laughs> it's just i hate the word stink <laughs> it's just one of those things um and uh me von borton uh maybe a third one yeah uh, besides far north daylight that's about that's where i am right now wow well lichen throat's lucky he was he was thinking about naming his band stinking throat for a while. <laughs> that would not have been anywhere near as cool or lichen stink I'm nowhere pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's exactly as cool if ah. not cooler Oh, I, I, I can't even speak to you. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <All> right. <laughs> Damn. How about shout outs? Oh, yeah. Shout outs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, also in the art. I guess there's not much to say in the art archive. I think but I think a uh, pig farmer definitely beat out uh, these cover bot this time. And only two entries. And, you know, I, I kind of like the graffiti and song fight cover bot, but I think pig farmer juniors is definitely the, the, the better pick. Yeah. Hey Brian, it's it's the return. The gift is the name of the song by Gang of Four. You're thinking of? Oh, please send oh. me evenings and weekends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, Mike and I were discussing how e- nights and weekends immediately made us think of evenings and weekends, but we couldn't remember the name of the of the Gang of Four song. Return oh, the gift. Yeah. Yeah. I so want to submit a song for uh, nights and weekends. Especially since the optional challenge is to don't be a jive turkey, which of course is a Thanksgiving reference. But I think they're also like, you know, wanting people to submit funk. And I would love to do a funk song. And uh, and nights and weekends is a great title for like anything, you know. So I I just, I just don't. It's just not going to work. We're a little uh, busy. Yeah, we got family stuff coming up. It's uh, some holiday. I don't know. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Not going to totally discount it, but it just seems really, really unlikely at this point. We yeah. Do, oh, yeah. So uh, we should do shout outs. Shout outs. Shout <laughs> Do you have anyone or anything you want to shout out to, Brian? Oh, is that what you meant? Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess I don't really have anyone. Um, I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, Matchy Matchy, who I appreciate for uh, bringing out the, the crazy stuff for uh, Spin Tunes. Okay. Whoever they may be. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I would like to shout out to uh, Brian's collection of original erotic etchings. They're uh, museum quality pieces. It's uh, it's art. It's not just erotica. 
Cool. Uh, do you know where those happen to be located? I, I asked him for a friend. I, I, I thought that they were on loan to the Louvre, but uh, it could be that uh, uh, maybe the Hirshhorn has them at this point. I don't know. I can't riff on that. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> I would like to shout out to my wife, Sarah, for putting up with me being a grumpy, tortured artist. <laughs> Yay, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's a long-suffering saint. Uh, <laughs> Sarah. Oh, I could give a shout out to Melanie, my favorite poet in my life. I'll give a shout out to my husband, Andre, and also to Alice. I always want to give a shout out to Alice. Yay, Alice. She's a great artist, wonderful person. And your biggest fan. I, uh, I just talked to her yesterday, by the way. Uh-huh. He actually quite likes Blue Woman, yes. And she was rather uh, dismayed uh, when she listened to the podcast. She found out you guys didn't actually like it yourselves. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I must be wrong then. I, I tried to talk to her about it. She actually liked the fact that you couldn't really tell if you guys were serious or not. To her, that was like the best part of it. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were straddling exactly the wrong line. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess like, you were straddling the line that she loves to, to make humor with. It's all right. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm going to hit stop. You guys ready? Stop. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay <laughs> i did it yeah